This is a fresh agenda. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity and generate your deepest work. Here is your host, Christina Mendonza. This is a fresh agenda where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonza. Glad to have you here in this tiny part of the podcast universe. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please check out my other episodes. Subscribe, share, and rate if you have the time. I'd be so appreciative. We are at episode 100. Unbelievable. 100 episodes of a fresh agenda. And I have to say, this is going to be a particularly sweet one. My guest today is Sherry Fitzpatrick. If you don't immediately know the name, you probably know the product. Delicious chocolate-dipped strawberries and now grapes and other chocolate-dipped items. She grew a multi-million dollar company, then lost it, then had a tremendous comeback, which she is still enjoying. Her new book is called Buried in Chocolate, Buried spelled B-E-R-R-I-E-D, That's also the name of her company. First, I've been reading with much interest about this concept of the YOLO economy. I love it when people come up with the perfect name for a societal phenomenon. The New York Times came up with this one. YOLO, of course, means you only live once. And the YOLO economy is made up of people who have, because of the pandemic, decided they want something very different in life. One of the quotes from uh, from the story was, this pandemic changed my priorities and I realized I didn't have to live like this. I know a lot of people are doing that. You see that on social. They're getting in shape. They're changing careers. They're, uh, you know, taking the opportunity to do something totally different with their life. They're turning their side hustle into their main gig. As the Times wrote, people in the YOLO economy, they have savings from not traveling or doing much. They have a disdain for the constant Zoom meetings and switching priorities of companies that are trying to regain some footing. And they're just tired of the insecurity and the anxiety and the blurring of work and home life. And they're saying, I'm going to do something I want to do instead of something I have to do. I've actually seen this a lot in the media. So I read the trades both for radio and TV each day. And I've seen a lot of anchors and reporters across the country that seem to be in great gigs say, I'm done. I don't want this anymore. Some people are switching careers or they're doing more freelance. A lot of younger people are changing their college plans. I know that our youngest daughter had a totally different plan before the pandemic than she does now. And an article just this week chronicled the explosion of people starting their own businesses. It's like at a record clip. So this may be the most entrepreneurial generation or most entrepreneurial time in our history. A lot of people are figuring that they can only count on themselves. Uh, They want more control, perhaps, over a portion of their life that has been out of control for most of the last year. But starting your own business, that, that can seem romantic and a great idea, but it is also a path peppered with its own obstacles. Our guest today found that out. Sherry Fitzpatrick started Sherry's Berries. A company was born out of what she started as a side hustle to promote her mortgage business. Millions of strawberries and dollars later, she was seemingly on the top of the world and then something happened and it took it all away. She's going to talk more about that and her own brand of entrepreneurial inspiration. But one of the lessons I love from her book is the power of sincere compliments in your personal life, in your business life, a recognition of someone's skill, heart, time, talent, 
It takes gratitude kind of up a notch and makes it personal. And people love getting compliments. It reminds me to be specific in my appreciation for someone, not just because of something they could do for me, but because of who they are in the world. Enjoy my conversation with the delightfully sweet Sherry Fitzpatrick. So enjoyed your book and the treats you sent along. How are you? I am doing very awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me here this morning. You bet. You know, I was um, the first thing I I noticed in the book was, um, you know, how many different careers you were looking at as you were coming up through school. I mean, mortgage broker, flight attendant, stockbroker, so many careers that you considered and where you said in the book, you know, I never imagined I would be dipping berries into chocolate. <laughs> that is for sure. I mean, I I really do think I was destined um, to sell strawberries for a living, though. You know, I, I grew up in a small town in southern Oregon, and that's where my love affair with strawberries began. My dad always had a garden, which included a strawberry patch for me. So I just have always loved them. And when I moved to Los Angeles um, when I was 20 to work for my brother's mortgage firm, uh, my sister-in-law is an amazing cook, and she introduced me to the concept of dipping my beloved berries in chocolate, and that's where it all started. And I used the strawberries in gift baskets as a way to more, uh, market myself as a mortgage broker, and it uh, worked really well. <laughs> wow. So it was kind of, you know, we talk a lot about the side hustle these days um, mm-hmm. and and how, you know, that can turn into something. I mean, you were doing it before that term ever, you know, came into being. When did you take a look at what you were doing with the strawberries and think, this could be my primary gig. This could be the way I go. Well, um, I was always amazed at how crazy um, the real estate agents, especially the ladies, went over these chocolate-dipped strawberries. You know, it's not rocket science. You know, melt some chocolate, dip some strawberries in it, wrap it up. And um, so when I left Los Angeles, um, I moved to Reno and I became a stockbroker. I got my series six and seven, just did a crash course. I'd never had any business education. And um, it was there that I had my aha moment because I continued to do the berries when I taught financial classes for retired people at the libraries as my marketing uh, route. And somebody said, you mean you're working with these, doing these number things and you can do these chocolates. And it was kind of my aha moment because I always thought you had to have a prestigious job title, you know, um, to be successful in my twenties, what I thought the definition of success really was. And I thought, Oh my gosh, could you do something fun for a living? Cause I was raised by a, a stepfather with a theme of, you know, work hard and play hard. And I really wanted to continue that kind of lifestyle. And I just am grateful that at a young age, I realized how short life is. And that if we can do what we love for our live for a living or our career, um, and have some fun while we're doing it, then life would be much more fruitful, right? Mm. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I came to Sacramento following my high school sweetheart, and if Clay was here, he'd tell you I was stalking him, but um, <laughs> I um, <laughs> I held out. We just had our 29-year anniversary um, last week. And oh, congratulations. That's great. Yeah, Clay says it feels like 39, you know. I went for the funny guy, but... Anyway, so it was here. I got a $1,500 cash advance on a credit card with Safe Credit Union. I'm like, I got a one-bedroom apartment on Fulton Avenue. I went out to Denio's Market, and I got a card table and um, called my chocolate supplier and begged him for my first order. Let me 
just get, you know, 200 pounds minimum instead of your 500 pounds, you know, and, and I just started pounding the pavement. I think I gave away more berries the first year than I sold. I just got the, you know, the business journal and Sacramento Bee every Monday morning had business information in it. I made sure my berries or me were at every business event I could find as a donation or a prize or a speaker. And I, I, I rented out of my home on a cardboard table for the first two years and then opened our first store down the way on Auburn Boulevard. And the rest is history. And then all the pain started. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, um, I talk a lot to entrepreneurs and I always feel like um, when they explain their experience, it's like this thing that's tapping them on the shoulder saying, you, you don't have a choice. You have to do this with your life. This mm-hmm. is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Describe to me how this was for you. Well, I believe being an entrepreneur is something that is not something you can become. I think it's in your blood. I think you were born that way. Um, We're risk takers. We believe in asking for forgiveness instead of permission. And and, um, I I don't like people telling me what to do. And I just want to do my own thing. I'm a very independent person. And um, so, again, no... I had no business experience or education, but I had a lot of passion. And I think when you take your passion and you add it onto hard work, then anything is possible. And that's when dreams can become reality, really. Right. So Mm -hmm. you were in Sacramento. You you gave away more berries that first year than you sold. And then the company (laughs) just, uh, just seemed to take off. And you said that's when the pain started. Talk to me about that. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we eventually I had three stores and a little factory, and um, business was booming, and I was overwhelmed. I had two little boys, a third one on the way, and there was this new thing called the Internet. And, you know, I'm not tech-minded. I'm a berry dipper. It likes to have fun and work hard and be creative and innovative. I, I love creating things and figuring out how to sell them. And so uh, my business was in its ninth year. And, um, um, and I did get that man, by the way, we started having babies right away, (laughs) got my man after 10 years of being in love with him, I held out anyway. So I was approached by a young, um, entrepreneurial tech minded lawyer with a deal of a lifetime. And I was so excited to have a partner. I went in immediately, um, without doing any due diligence. I didn't even know what that word meant. I didn't even really know what a CEO did. But we raised millions of dollars and we launched berries and buried, you know, berries.com nationwide. And I found myself in the boardroom instead of the inventing room. And I was miserable. And for 10 years, I would be chipped away at and learn a lot of hard knocks. And when my company was in its um, uh, 21st year, um, the CEO um, that the board had hired, um, you know, I fell below that 51% rule. See, I had no business education, so I didn't know anything about the 51% rule. I didn't know that things could happen and you could fall below that so easily. And um, we were, it was the early uh, 2000s when the internet bubble burst in the dot gone area, you know, arena. And we had a CEO that believed in raising a lot of money. I had, I had no debt when we did this deal, zero. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, the company was sold off for pennies on the dollar to San Diego-based ProFlowers, and my baby was gone. And my heart was broken. I felt like I lost one of my, my sons. I was 
it was the most difficult time in my life. I, I didn't even know something like that could happen. And I about lost everything. And by the grace of God, the timing was perfect. And I, I, I was able to salvage, you know, um, part of my, you know, base and, and move forward. But I grieved it hard for years and I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was a public speaker. And, um, part of my gig is, you know, have fun, do what you love. And so I'm okay. I got to follow my own vice. What am I going to do now? And so I always wanted to write a book. Um, I, I love to write, but I thought I would write it when I was in my rocking chair and I was old and had the end of my story and nothing else to do. And I started, um, taking my speaking more seriously. And I was on a lot of panels all over the country speaking. And it seemed like all the other women I was speaking with had a book. Everybody had a book except for me. And my story was better. (laughs) So I did another crash course and I um, hired a book expert and I wanted a traditional book um, deal. I didn't want to self-publish. I didn't want to try to sell it. I wanted a real book deal. And I went to New York City with her and we went through the front door at a big um, national book show and I pitched to publishers to publish my book, and I got a book deal with Pelican. I I literally gave out one book proposal, and I got a deal. And they sent me on a book tour, and my my book is in hardcover overnight in every Barnes & Noble nationwide. And so then I started taking my speaking more seriously. Um, One of the best things that I did was um, I was accepted into the National Speaking Association's Academy in San Francisco, And for 11 months, I was there once or twice a month, and they catapulted my public speaking into professional level. So here I was, a very dipper. I just wanted to have fun for a living and do what I love. But, you know, we we learn the most, and our character is built during the difficult times in our life, and not when we don't have a care in the world and we're out there having fun. So I learned that dipping strawberries in chocolate wasn't who I was. It just was what I did. And that, you know, we live in a fallen world. This is not heaven. This is earth. And we're here learning lessons and um, suffering. And, you know, that's when our character is built and we're strengthened the most is when we're on our knees. And so I just, um, when I graduated, you know, from the academy, I'm traveling internationally now, except, you know, for the last 12 months. But getting booked again, and that's a lot of fun. And so now I've got this platform to encourage thousands of entrepreneurs every year to follow their dreams, you know, never give up, you know, remember that life is short, do what you love, have your priorities in the right order. Um, You know, my pastor once told me and reminded me that he'd never heard anybody on their deathbed saying they wish they had spent more time at the office. And I just never forgot that. And, um, you know, working towards having that fruitful life. So, you know, not all storms come to disrupt our life, some to come to clear our paths. And I heard this on uh, an app recently that our mess is our message. And our mistakes and our flaws are so much more interesting than our successes. And, you know, I couldn't have been a speaker if this hadn't happened. Who cares? I'm up there on stage, what, saying how easy it is and how fun my life is. That's not relatable. But I'm up there and, you know, they can relate to me because, you know, especially in these times, people need hope. And there's a lot of people out there that have lost their job or they hate their job or they have this idea like I did with my strawberries, whether it's a secret family recipe Mm -hmm. or a talent that they have. And now's the time I'm encouraging people to take it out for a spin, give it a try. And my book is a dozen chapters of a dozen lessons that I learned 
while I turn my passion into profits. Wow. And there's a big chapter on mistakes. And um, there's a big chapter on just start. So I just want to encourage people just to start with their idea. A lot of people don't know how to start or they're afraid to start or they're afraid someone will steal their idea. And, you know, just start small. Get some cards at Vistaprint and trade your product or your idea service like I did and just check it out and do what you love and have a fruitful life. That's just kind of my message today. I love that. I love that saying your mess is your message. That's really, I've never heard that before. That's, that's, uh, that's yeah. quite powerful. Um, when you talk mm. to entrepreneurs around the world, I mean, are there, uh, you know, besides the follow your passion and never give up and those kinds of messaging, uh, that kind of message, what do you tell them they need to have? What do they need to do in terms of their due diligence so perhaps they can avoid uh, some of the things that you had to go through? Well, um, you know, it's just all a bunch of lessons and we all have to shuffle it out and learn our own so it's hard to know what other people are going through. But, you know, when I was younger, my definition of success was um, what kind kind of car I drove, how much money I had in the bank. And I think now I'm realizing um, the most important things are the things that we can't see, the things that last forever, the things like peace and joy and love. And um, some of the lessons that I learned um, was this always, no matter what you do, put out a top quality product or service. For me, I would rather have fewer sales, fewer customers, and put out a more expensive, valuable, quality product instead of having a bunch of inexpensive, you know, spaghetti slapped against the wall and a bunch of numbers. So um, for me, my, my product is very artistic and, and I take a lot of, you know, great pride in the quality of that. And so, and then just always, you know, great customer service, how people are starving for customer service, especially now. And, you know, take really great care of your staff and your employees. My husband always remind me that, my business was always only as strong as my weakest link in it. And our brand is not our logo or our business card. Our brand is how our phone is answered when someone calls, how our product shows up. You know, that's our brand. And so just trust yourself. Also, you know, if I would have trusted myself and realized, you know, that I had it in me, you know, I wouldn't have felt like I needed other people so bad. Now, it is important to surround yourself with wisdom. Um, be like a sponge. I know for me, a lot of times I have ideas and just talking to people that I respect about them. I almost kind of answer myself. So get it out there. Um, in For me, uh, my faith is very important to me. And in Proverbs um, 3.13, you know, I, I always think about happy is the person who finds wisdom. For the profit of wisdom is better than silver and her wages are worth more than gold. So, you know, and then in these difficult times, and we have a lot of fear, um, I, this year I've been concentrating on starving my fears and feeding my faith. Mm. And um, again, just be creating as far as creativity and doing what you love. I think when you do what you love, you have the tenacity to keep on going when the going gets tough, and it's going to get tough. Um, so, you know, and then move forward. A lot of people had a you know, I suffered great loss, and when we suffer great loss, we have a tendency to always look, think about what we've lost. So I just want to encourage people to th- work with what you have. 
don't concentrate or waste any of your energy on time thinking about what you lost. And a visual for me is thinking about driving a car. Look forward. Be a good driver and get somewhere and look forward. Don't keep looking in the rearview mirror. Yesterday is gone. Mm-hmm. You don't know what tomorrow holds. So just keep looking forward. And, you know, us entrepreneurs, you know, just we don't have a choice. We're not quitters. One of the things that really encouraged me when I'd lost my company and I was going through that grieving is I read this article that this woman wrote and she was doing research on successful entrepreneurs in our country. And she was trying to find out if there was any common denominators amongst them that wasn't really obvious. And what her research found was that most successful entrepreneurs have their biggest success right after their biggest failure. And that was proof to me that entrepreneurs are not quitters. And again, we're born this way. It's in our blood. Get up, brush yourself off. Like Elizabeth Taylor says, this is time for what? Guts and guile. So let's just, you know, a lot of great creations and innovation have come from difficult situations and times. You know, if you look at our history. And so um, everything from, you know, Velcro and, you know, sticky notes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So Uh, work with what you got. There's a purpose in it. Besides the um, the beautiful berries and the grapes, which were fabulous, by the way, um, and besides that company, Buried in Chocolate, um, I know you have a B&B, you're doing wine. I mean, you have branched down into so many different areas. Um, how do you decide whether or not to take on another product? Well, I have people test it, see if they like it, um, see the reactions that I get. Um, I just try to be a little bit you know, funky and different than, than everybody else. And again, I love being innovative. And yeah, you talked about the grapes and that's one of my new products. We take a full cluster of red seedless crispy grapes and dip them in chocolate. And then we dust them with edible gold and polish them off. They're beautiful. And I call them grateful. Um, and I'm just grateful. I'm grateful um, for what I have and no sour grapes, you know, <laughs> but you know, I am no longer a part of Sherry's Berries, and that's so confusing, and that's hard for people to understand and grasp. But um, Sherry's Berries is not owned by me. I'm not associated with it at all. Um, at the holidays, we have a full-time person just handling all the customer service issues at my company for Sherry's Berries. So we're trying, <laughs> because it's confusing, because if you put even, even put in Buried in Chocolate, which is my new brand or my name, up comes Sherry's Berries, because they've bought all those words for, you know, SEO. So just, if you, just, you know, scan down a little bit and go to Buried in Chocolate or find Sherry Fitzpatrick. And if you see me all over the website, you're, you know you're at the right place. But I love being innovative and doing different things, and maybe I'm my brain's kind of odd that way and nutty, but the book that I sent you is actually dipped in chocolate as well. And my book is trademarked the first book in the world with calories. And so you can send somebody (laughs) chocolate covered passion. So I have people test things out. I got a lot of new things we're working on now. We're just launching our new Mother's Day berries. I'd be a horrible entrepreneur if I didn't remind everybody Mother's Day is coming up. And this week, we're going to be launching some new, um, beautiful new Mother's Day berries that are just fascinating. And um, yes, we have, so my new passion projects today, um, we live up in the Fair Play Wine region. It's about an hour above Sacramento. 
between San Francisco and Lake Tahoe. And we live in the Fair Play wine region here. And we have 10 beautiful, quiet acres. I was looking for serenity when I was going through all that heartache um, with losing my company and found ourselves up here. And we raised our three boys up here. I wanted to get, get them in the dirt and get them dirty and away from the TV and video games and grow up like we did in the country. And now they've all grown up and pursuing their own dreams. And um, so we have this big property and it just seemed like a wasted asset of a gift that God has given us. And so I, I'm a dreamer. And so I had another dream that I always wanted to have a bed breakfast. So my mom encouraged me to do that. And so we converted half the property to a beautiful B&B and it's at bedandberries.com. And of course, my beautiful original gourmet berries and my wine are waiting for you when you arrive and we're your concierge and hook you up with all your vip wine tasting and everything you do in our beautiful south el dorado county and then when you stay here at my b&b and you sleep in my boys bedrooms it supports my kids down in mexico which is my ministry and that's at boysandberries.org and it's in nuevo vallarta just above puerto, puerto vallarta and it's my new passion project and there's kids down there that are so poor and living at the dump and not being educated. And so one family at a time, I'm working with some local people there that I'm just, um, that are just gifts, God gifts in my life. And I'm in heaven when I'm there and I see myself living there half of the year um, at some point, maybe in the next five, 10 years. Wow. Um, just, yeah, I just absolutely love it. I love Puerto Vallarta that's probably in my book somewhere. I just, you know, I've been going there for a long time. I, I want to learn Spanish. I love the Spanish culture and the language, the music. And I just, that's where my heart is, is to help these kids get educated, get them a better path for their life and get them out of the dump. I mean, I went on a research trip two, three years ago to see it. And I mean, kids, I mean, they go through the dump all day long to sell stuff on Saturday. That's how they make their living. And so now with the, you know, pandemic and tourism being 95% of everybody that throws stuff in the truck. I mean, if they went through our crash here in the U.S., we're so spoiled, they could, you know, find stuff. But they go through what's already poor. It just, it's just unfathomable. So anyway, there's a lot about that on my website. You can see pictures of me and my kids down there. So wow, you've what keeps me jumping out of bed these days. You're into so much. Uh, so I, I ask this to all of my guests. Uh, what do you do when you need to recharge your creative energy? What is your habit? What is a hobby? What is something you do to recharge? Well, funny you should ask because it's kind of a joke around here that my husband keeps telling me I need a hobby. It's like, when do I have time for a hobby? I mean, that's part of what I got going on here is that my work is my hobby. I enjoy it. And so it's, it is hard for me. And I, I do get stressed out. I um, was doing some leadership um, studies. And one of the things that I learned that, you know, at some point when we get so burnt out, stressed out and then get burnt out, it's like a rubber band. Sometimes if you keep stretching it so far, it's not going to come back. And that kind of scared me. And so um, I try to, um, you know, get in God's word in the mornings, dedicate my life to the Lord, put on my armor to protect my head and my heart and my, you know, everything and kind of get grounded. Um, I love to travel. And so um, just getting away helps me, especially since my office is at home. My B&B is here on the property, you know, so everything's right here. So I love to travel and be 
adventurous when I speak. I always take an extra day at whatever city I am, and I just go explore and have fun and hang out. I don't mind traveling alone or eating alone or going alone, you know, out. It just like being adventurous. It's fun when you have somebody, but I don't let that stop me. So just, um, I, I don't, I, my girlfriend says I thrive on stress. So I, you know, I don't let myself like sit around and read and relax like that very much, but I like to be adventurous and just get away and travel. And, um, I think if you can get away for at least 10 days to two weeks, it takes me like two or three days to wind down. So I can't take a one-week vacation because then I'm already counting the days till it's time to go back. So I need a couple weeks away at least, and that's what we usually do when we go away or I go away. And I get different people travel with me. They come in and out because they got to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those are good ways to relax. Yeah, those are all great ways. So um, we've talked about how to get your yummy berries and to check out the, the B&B. How do people reach out to you or connect with you if they're interested in your entrepreneurial lectures or your speaking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, during the pandemic, I tried to do what I could do that I never seemed to have time for before. And so we built a new website. And because I, I realized I've got two different, completely different customers. I have a chocolate customer that wants to spend $40 and then I have, you know, a five figure event planner. So I separated and pulled all of my speaking and personal products out of my chocolate site. And that is at just Sherry Fitzpatrick.com. And I also have the real Sherry.com. So if you want to get the original premium products, um, just everything is on one, uh, one umbrella at, um, the real Sherry, SherryFitzpatrick.com. It all goes into one place. Um, and then at Buried in Chocolate, which you can find there as well or go to directly, is where you buy uh, my chocolate items, all my funky new things like my grapes and dip book, our, our, our wine, and um, we ship nationwide. And all my funky new things are there. Oh. We don't take care of mom this year. <laughs> you have so much energy. Okay. That's so fantastic. Sherry Fitzpatrick, thank you so much for being my guest. I so appreciate it. Uh, well, it was an honor for Barry Dipper um, to be asked to be on your fabulous show. And I just want to encourage all your podcast listeners um, to be inspired um, to find, you know, Barry's sweet success. And thank you so much, Christina. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sherry Fitzpatrick. Her book is called Buried in Chocolate. B-E-R-R-I-E-D, Buried in Chocolate, How I Built a Multi-Million Dollar Business by Doing What I Love to Do and How You Can Too. This is episode number 100, so I've got 99 other episodes with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to listen to, so please subscribe. And if you would like to reach out, boy, the best way really is to let me know and let others know about A Fresh Agenda with a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or iHeartMedia. Just Google A Fresh Agenda. You'll find a spot to leave some thoughts. You can also visit my website at mendonsamedia.com. I'm Christina Mendonca. Thanks so much for being here. Let's stay connected. This is a fresh agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work.